Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome back to the Seek First podcast. This is season two, episode three, where we're going to be continuing the discussion on biblical friendship. And we thought we'd kick it off with one of the questions that was asked recently by one of our listeners. Uh, how do we navigate a potentially smothering, demanding, or controlling friendship? How do we how do we navigate a potentially smothering, demanding, or controlling friendship? I think it's a fair question, um, especially in light of kind of our culture. And uh, notice this as a trend at times when... Um, there's kind of a demand for someone to only have one friend or a lot of the time being consumed by that one friend. I observe it both in children, teens, and adults. And so this is a good question. So I'm um, just going to kick it back to you then, Jordan, to uh, kind of kick us off with a specific question. What do we do with this? What's a scripture or a thought that you may have to kind of jump into this? Well, our scripture that we're going to kind of focus on today, um, I, I do think speaks to this um, and, and gives us Maybe not exactly what to do, but how to go about handling this, what kind of spirit we should do it in. And that's 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now, again... This is kind of the spirit in which we should handle this. So, I mean, we do need to be patient and kind Mm -hmm. in terms of how we approach navigating a response to somebody that um, is a bit overwhelming or, um, and sometimes that overwhelming, uh, those overwhelming actions can at times feel suffocating and can actually suffocate the friendship. Um, and, that, and there's that part in the in, in verse 5, it says, it does not insist on its own way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do we respond to somebody who does insist on their own way with friendship? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you be patient and kind and you speak the truth in love over time. Yeah, and it is a balance for sure. I mean, it, when you consider um, what's going on, there are seasons of friendship where there is definitely, uh, it feels more one way. I mean, there are seasons when it's just like the, that individual needs a lot more attention uh, but there there should be uh, a reciprocal part of that relationship that comes back to you as well, where that person is involved in seeking uh, your betterment and your good and, and kind of pulling out of you, you. Um, I think a concern also, though, is that um, in not insisting on its own way, love doesn't insist on its own way, means that uh, friendship like marriage and other th- relationships um, kind of is give and take and then also um, submits to what the other person needs or desires as well in that relationship, that mm-hmm. friendship. I like what uh, Jonathan writes on page 34 of his book. Uh, he says, this begins to get to the core of the problem, our sinful desire for control, which really uh, is really what First Corinthians 13, 5 is talking about mm-hmm. is control. That's what insisting on your own way is. I want control of this relationship. I want control of your time. I want control of your attention. Uh, we want friendship on our table our timetable, rather, our terms of agreement. And so um, I like how he kind of points out, especially in light of 1 Corinthians 13, 5, um, that we need to be aware that to love someone is to to consider them 
uh, above self. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the best relationships uh, do well when, when they're postured in such a way. Any thoughts? Yeah, when that's a mutual kind of approach, you know, when when in a relationship, when both people, I thought about Philippians too while you're talking there, that um, I look not to my own interests, mm-hmm. but to the interests of others, right. and I count them as more significant than myself. Mm-hmm. Not just more significant than my interests, but more significant than my very self. Yeah. That's and when two people approach a friendship that way, or a relationship, whether it be a marriage, a friendship, or whatever it is, it, it is a... That's a great place to start and remain in for the duration of the relationship. Yeah, and I want to remind us we're talking about biblical friendship as well, Mm -hmm. right? And so this is a godly, God-centered relationship. Um, I'm going to keep quoting through the book here, if that's all right. So on page 38, he says, If a biblical friendship is essentially one that is Christ-centered, it's hard to imagine a worse counterfeit than a friendship that is self-centered. So Hmm. biblical friendship is Christ-centered. In other words, what brings us together as friends— um, is was is Jesus. It's who he is, what he's done, and that's the common core of our relationships built upon an understanding of who Christ is, what he's done for us as individuals, and what we desire to bring into one another's lives as well, mm-hmm. uh, to serve one another well. Um, and so we're specifically talking about, obviously, friendship that's based upon Christ, just to be really clear and kind of reiterate that. Um, and that self-centered friendship doesn't pass the sniff test when it comes to what is biblical friendship. Mm. Uh, self-centered friendships um, are the antithesis of what it means to be um, sacrificial. Remember when Jesus said, we talked about this last week and the week before in our sermon, um, the fact that uh, Jesus calls us friends. He says the highest calling is to do what? Lay down your life mm-hmm. for your friends. And so that's other-focused. Other Any thoughts? Yeah, I think oftentimes um, culturally— and ourselves, we view relationships, we view most things in life from a consumeristic perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I get out of it? And so to turn this the other direction and say, what can I give is kind of, I think, the heartbeat of, of this. Mm-hmm. Because if, like you just said, is laying down your life. And so we're, we we said this last week, we are, we are to friend as Jesus has friended us. Mm-hmm. We are to relate as Jesus has related to mm-hmm. us. Like all of our modes of operating in relationship are to be given their context and form through Jesus Mm -hmm. and how it's all filters through him and how he's related and loved us. So, um, yeah, I think it's culturally, we view these very consumeristically. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the other thing being that, um, when we think of friendship, I think there's a, maybe a false premise that I can only have one good friend and we need to do life together and there's no room for other people. And, um, that isn't the way Jesus did friendship. Mm. I mean, we think about the brothers that were walking with him and begging him to have the seats on the left and the right, you know, you know, kind of pushing themselves forward and kind of demanding from Jesus that they would have this specific honor in this relationship with him. And, and, you Mm -hmm. know, Jesus doesn't give them that and it doesn't go real pretty. I think there's obviously jealousy and I think that's a tendency within us even, uh, to desire something close with someone and then to watch them also have a relationship with somebody else can create jealousy mm-hmm. within us. And I th- maybe God's working that us out of us in that moment as well. Like, what does it look like to <clears throat> incorporate other people and to see the blessing that a close friend of mine may be giving to someone else and that we mm-hmm. can continue to grow 
um, the love of Christ into one another and challenge each other in our faith. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. Uh, Jonathan kind of hits on this uh, called enmeshed friendships, uh, which kind of goes to the question specifically asked. Um, on page 40 of his book, he talks about the fact that uh, Paul Tripp and Tim Lane refer to friendships that have morphed into idols as enmeshed friendships. And we're going through uh, how people change class right now, Monday nights, kind of discussing some things mm-hmm. uh, in, in regards to this. But um, he describes them this way. Um, goes on to say, because the two people are so dependent on each other, they can easily be hurt when the other person does not meet their needs because their expectations for the relationship are so high. They tend to live in isolation from other people. This kind of relationship is exhausting. And over time, these friendships die under the weight of expectation placed upon them, expectations that can only be realized and fulfilled in our relationship in Mm -hmm. Christ. And I love this uh, part here uh, because it it shows us that... um, Remember the video I showed a number of of weeks ago about um, the... Um, Ludmilla mm. and in that mm-hmm. she says you know when her husband died that I'm now married to Jesus and mm-hmm. so she gives her life to Christ but her doors open like she she blesses other people through that uh, having an open door policy basically to bless those who are in need mm-hmm. and that's the relationship we have in Christ he's welcomed us he's asking us to welcome other people um, and kind of lay our lives down for one another but it, thoughts on that uh, little section there yeah can I ask you a question you may all right a lot of times we, I mean, you just brought it up, this idea that she said, I'm, you know, I'm married to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we talk about, rightly so, because the Bible talks about like our our deepest needs and our deepest longings being met in God mm-hmm. and by God. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we do that? What do you mean? How do we receive those things from the Lord? And because, you know, oh, there's, gotcha. there's, this, uh, there's this idea that, Obviously, we've been created for relationships. Mm-hmm. We live in a broken world. And so at times, those relationships are going to be disappointing and discouraging. But I'm still called back to my primary identity and in the language of Revelation, my first love. Mm-hmm. So how do I know that I'm receiving that from Jesus and not projecting it on other people? Because that's what ha- that's what's happening here. We're like, as you said, we're making a friendship an idol. Yep. And we're mm-hmm. making a person an idol mm-hmm. rather than receiving from Jesus what he's freely extending to us. Yeah, I think there's a couple of different thoughts that I have. First being spiritual disciplines, which you will be able to speak more into that than I because you you spend a lot of time into that. And so it's, it's a gift. Um, I think the other thing is just kind of understanding that the relationship we have Christ and that what he pours into us um, is intentional. And I wonder how intentional we are with that friendship. Hmm. Like how intentional are we with um, remaining grafted into the vine? In John 15, we talked about a while ago, um, the fact that we are grafted into the vine, we're we're part of uh, Jesus's lifeblood that flows through us, and so we have to be connected to Christ, uh, prayer, Scripture, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, being reminded um, of who He is and who we are because of who He is. Uh, but you know what? To be real honest, though, a lot of that part—I don't know if you're getting at this or not—but a lot of it does flow through one another. Ironically, mm-hmm. like I know Jesus because I know you. Sure. What Jesus is doing you. But what are your thoughts with even asking the question? Now I'm curious. Yeah, I just, I think um, it's something, it's one of those things that often gets said a lot in church or it's kind of like Christian lingo. You know, I need to get my deepest needs met in Jesus. And it's like, I never disagree with the statement because the statement's thoroughly biblical. Um, I think at times we wonder, how do we do that? And mm. I, th- I think you're right. I think it is spiritual disciplines in this 
um, this idea that I'm in an ongoing relationship and friendship with Jesus. And I am hearing him speak in and through his word. Mm -hmm. And I am like, I'm in a conversation with him when I pray. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what hangs us up the most is we don't actually believe that God wants to be with us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Like we, I think we just, we just don't buy it. You know, we don't buy the fact that he wants to be with us. Mm -hmm. And when he says like, I'm the vine and you are the branches, he's not like, I'm reluctantly the vine. Right. He's like, no, no, I want you to like live in me, make your home in me, abide in me. So yeah. It's a good question. It's a hard question. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of, I think I was kind of a little blunt Sunday in my message when I was talking about the fact that I have only got 30 minutes to undo all these hours of what you've done in your own life. And well, I, that, that was right. It's right. It's good. And, it, and I think it was resonating with myself maybe more than anybody else, which is fine because mm-hmm. I think about the fact that <clears throat> I can't jam pack my quote unquote uh, encounter with God in a one hour on a Sunday. And so what are we doing as individuals uh, to spend time with Jesus, spend time with God? Uh, what does it look like to talk with him? I recently had a conversation. We're kind of going off track, but it's all good. Like we recently had a conversation with a young man and talking about the fact that he really struggles to pray. Um, right. And yet, and he also struggles to communicate. But in our communication, I was asking some leading questions and just acting interested. And, and he would share a lot with me. I'm like, you know, just, just view Jesus like this, like, He's right here with you, and his desire, he already knows your head and heart, uh, but his desire is to draw that out of you, and so share as openly with him as you are with me, and I think that is that fear, like, can Jesus be my friend? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we know, because we talked about this a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He said he calls us his friend, and so um, what are we doing to um, push into that relationship is really, because, he, well, this is interesting. You can't offer what you don't possess. And right. so in this for friendship with you and you and I, and then others that we have in our lives, um, we can't help one another walk out who it is that God has called us to be unless we're tight with Christ, mm-hmm. unless we have a very close invested relationship with Jesus and are growing intentionally uh, with that. And um, well, I'll just stop there. Any other thoughts? Yeah. I just had this, this picture come to mind. It's the difference between a window and a wall. Hmm. Like, if the light is on in a room, it doesn't shine through a wall, but the light can shine through the window. And so between like Jesus and our relationship with him and then how we relate to other people, are we a window or are we a wall? Mm. Are we letting his light shine into us? Mm-hmm. Not just so I can quickly give it away to other people, mm-hmm. but so he can actually get in me and begin to heal the very things he wants to heal mm-hmm. and love the things he wants to love and heal my brokenness and bind up my wounds so that I can then show that same love to other people. Mm -hmm. So I think if we want to be, if we want to be a biblical friend, Mm -hmm. we have to be a window. Yeah, that's good. It's really good. That comes out of Monday night's discussion in some ways. Yeah. 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 That's good. Well, which is the answer somewhat to enmeshed friendship, right? Because if I'm growing in Christ, I'm not as dependent upon you. Mm -hmm. I have more to offer you, which then can bounce those things off of each other as well. Right. Um, this is good. I'm going to read this next little section here. It, this is yeah. a good conversation. I want to keep it going, but uh, verse uh, verse 41, <laughs> page 41, you can tell I'm a preacher, right? Yeah. Uh, truly biblical friendship is embodied in the Trinity, and, and we've talked about this. The Godhead is like the perfect picture of mm-hmm. what friendship is. 
uh, empowered by Jesus Christ and intended as a spiritual discipline amongst God's among God's people for the purpose of glorifying him. Mm-hmm. This is the heart of the matter, not hobbies, horticulture, sports and scrapbooking, but Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you would read that next section, because I know that uh, Diedrich is a your large fan of him on uh, page 42. Yeah, it says Diedrich Bonhoeffer employed this theme in his book Life Together, which if you have not read Life Together, you should totally grab a copy. Yeah, it's we should really get good. some copies actually and stick them out there for yeah, people to good. borrow. It's a short read, yeah. which is great, but he, it, there's a lot in there. In which he made the point that true community and friendship must find its locus in Jesus Christ, not in common age, not in common interests or age affinities. He writes, this is the Dietrich quote, Christianity means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. We belong to one another only through and in Jesus Christ. What does this mean? It means first that a Christian needs others because of Jesus Christ. It means second that a Christian comes to others only through Jesus Christ. There's a lot there. He, he's, yeah. What do you think? Well, it's interesting. It's it's bouncing me back to, um, I don't know, ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty years ago, where uh, the small groups that were started were called affinity groups, and mm. so groups and relationships within the church were based upon what you both enjoyed doing. So you had, you know, the sewing group, you had this group, you had that group, you had the biking group, like, and so the the affinity wasn't Christ. It mm. actually was what you enjoyed doing, your hobbies, which the world has, right? And so, and I'm not not totally dissing the concept or mindset behind it, but when what you do matters more than whose you are in that moment, in that mm-hmm. friendship, then you miss the mark, right? So it should be we are friends in Christ that enjoy doing this versus mm-hmm. we enjoy doing this and Jesus gets sprinkled in. Right. Is that fair to y- say that? Yeah, definitely. That's kind of kind of the hint that I'm reading in what he says as well. Yeah, like Jesus is the starting point. Exactly. And he's not sprinkled into, you know... I want to be careful, but he's not necessarily sprinkled into a shared hobby. Mm-hmm. Shared hobbies are really good. Right. Like there's a lot of value in that, but yep. Jesus is the primary. Yes. It's not just, you know, something we tack on at the end of a conversation or anything like that. Like he's there with us and is the one who has given us the ability to be a friend and to love as he has mm-hmm. loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like what he continues, uh, what Jonathan goes on to say is this is enchanting, encouraging, and life-giving role of the gospel as it applies to the matter of friendship. You are brought into friendship by Jesus Christ in order to pursue the lost for friendship, ideally leading to Christ, or pursue fellow believers for friendship grounded in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I like how he, he delineates those two, giving cause and meaning to why are we friending? Like, right, what's the right. purpose of this? Is it for yeah. us to grow in our faith, or is this just because we enjoy watching football? Nothing against football, sure, but sure. just saying, you know, what is the what's the main thing there? So, right. Any other thoughts? We're, go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, we had a, we actually had a listener question about you know do I pursue you know how do what kind of friendships do I pursue when we talk about biblical friendship and pursuing it with believers and non-believers alike, and I think he did a great job of answering that, like. This idea that we've been brought into friendship by Jesus and we step into friendship through Jesus means that we do pursue the lost for friendship, ideally leading to Christ. And then we also pursue fellow believers for fellowship grounded in Christ. So it's both. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I added, and uh, Jonathan, I hope you're not offended if you're listening. Um, I added... Uh, pursue fellow believers for friendship grounded and growing in Christ. Mm. <laughs> because I think uh, the large piece for me is that 
we are grounded in Christ, but I, what I appreciate about my relationships and friendship is that we continue to pursue growth in Christ right. as well. And that's really important to me. Um, I don't want to remain stagnant and I hope the others around me don't want to either. Um, but obviously learning each other's pace of mm-hmm. growth is really important as well. So we hit the 20 minute mark here. Do you have any other thoughts? And we're going to try to make this a little shorter podcast for our listeners this, this episode, but yeah, I think just because we, we brought up this idea you know, in the book, Jonathan Holmes is talking about substitutes and we, we pulled one of those out being like a selfish friendship Mm -hmm. is kind of what we substitute for biblical friendship. And to quote once again, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in life together, not to, not to push his book too much, but Mm -hmm. this quote is really good. And I just want to encourage us all to reflect on this as it relates to, you know, do I insist on my own way in my relationships or am I laying my life down for the other person? Uh, he says this, this is, this is heavy. The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community, Mm. but the person who loves those around them will create community. Mm. Are we projecting Mm -hmm. our own dream Mm -hmm. of what we want our relationships to be Mm -hmm. or our body to be onto those around us? Mm -hmm. Or are we just loving the people that are around Mm -hmm. us? You just opened a whole can of worms. I love this thought even because it, it's not just friendship. It's the body of Christ. It's what mm-hmm. we call what we call the church. Obviously, Jesus as well, but mm-hmm. what we call the church, the instituted church. Like, do I come into it based upon what I want out of it or based upon what God is doing in the midst of it? Am I here to give and participate? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the key piece. And mm-hmm. and if I if I'm projecting my dream of what I want a place to be or what I want a community to be, regardless of what it is, mm-hmm. whether it's a small group of friends, whether it's two friends, whether it's the body you belong to, that will destroy community. Mm-hmm. Like because we're not just we're not just posturing ourselves to just love those who are around us and not change them according to what we want them to be. Mm-hmm. We need to love them for who they are and where Jesus is leading exactly. them and leading all of us together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, being conformed to the image of Christ. We talk a lot about that, don't we? Mm-hmm. Like, what is, and that's part of the prayer right now for the church is like, what does Jesus want of this? Not right. what we want. And right. It hurts and it's painful at times <laughs> because it goes in a direction you may not enjoy or like at times. And yet, that's what love does as well pursues one another based upon what God's up to in the midst of it. It's a really good closing thought. And I think the pour that specific thought through. Uh, the lens of your friendships, your relationships, your family, uh, the body of Christ, your small groups, all those things uh, is really beneficial. We're called to be contributors, not only consumers. Mm -hmm. And so um, we need to be mindful of what is it that others need and how can I continue to give to their life? So it's a great conversation today. Absolutely. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And uh, if you have any other questions or any thoughts about this, feel free to leave um, a message to us. I guess they're called emails probably <laughs> at, at podcastseekfirst at gmail.com podcastseekfirst at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and uh, we will be praying for you and join us this Sunday as we continue the conversation on our one another's this week. I'm looking forward to it. Last week was admonition. That wasn't a lot of fun. This week is encourage one another. And I'm really looking forward to gathering together uh, to study the word and to grow in faith with one another. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. 
We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings.